What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06, really close to 1,100 followers, not a big deal, and at John underscore Kirby. Not as many. Probably less, but let, that's even more a reason for you to follow him. And <laughs> not, uh, no, not, I not great content. Oh, geez, <laughs> and as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Uh, they, have they have a lot of followers. Mad. We need all of you to follow us too, uh, because frankly, it's it, we're we're in a tough spot right now. Hey, After this week, I need points. We need those points, points. coming followers, and I need them because I didn't get them on Saturday. Yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, Saturday sucked. So if yeah, uh, we're gonna get into this whole you know obviously everything any any oh my god everything anybody wants to talk about is uh, based around the Michigan, uh, I guess we'll call it a game, more of a debacle from uh, last Saturday. Uh, Michigan State obviously losing to the University of Michigan 21-7, to which was bad. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, I think we do want to start off with some positive stuff here, though. Sure. Yeah, so basketball. Remember yeah. that sport? <clears throat> so... October 22nd, hoop season kicks off on a call, in only a couple weeks. Yep. We got that uh, behind-closed-door scrimmage coming up this Saturday in yeah. Minneapolis. Against Gonzaga. The Zaggers. And then after that, uh, your standard exhibition game mm-hmm. uh, about a week later. And then we actually open the season against the number one team in the country. Yes. There's the big news. The Rock Jock Jayhawks. Yes. Big news of the day today. Uh, is that the initial AP Top 25 came out. And um, despite, well, we'll just talk, the top, the uh, number one team is Kansas. Just so happens to be playing uh, number 10 ranked Michigan State mm. uh, at the first, the outset of the season, the mm. Champions Classic. 
Um, so this is about as Tom Izzo as it gets, just diving headfirst into the deep end, um, saying, hey, let's just play the most difficult team possible immediately. Interesting thing to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. As the next few weeks develop, um, you've seen maybe in, in the news some some findings of some, yeah. some schools that have been caught red-handed handing out uh, the bag. Yes. And Kansas is chief among them. Yeah, Kansas and, might be the dirtiest as well. Louisville is pretty, pretty bad. They've, they've claimed. They've done some other stuff. But in this situation specifically, <laughs> uh, Bill Self is handing out the bag. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what happens next, but does does Bill – is he going to be coaching this game? You know, there's there's quite a bit of – things that have to unfold before something like that happens, but yeah, it's very, about a distraction. It's very possible he doesn't, and even if he does, it's very possible that one of their, uh, I mean, this is a team loaded with young frontcourt players, but one of their better big men, Silvio D'Souza, mm-hmm. uh, who is the alleged bag recipient of in many. this one, of, one of many, but currently <laughs> employed by the University of Kansas. Um, yeah, so that's going to be crazy. Uh, we're going to get, obviously, more into that um, as we get closer, but figured we would announce kind of like walk through the top 10 here and the top 25 initial thoughts. Um, the top 10 going up from 10. So Michigan state checks in at 10 Villanova above them. Then it's North Carolina. Uh, things get real weird at seven and six. Seventh is Nevada. Mm-hmm. And sixth is Tennessee mm. traditional basketball powerhouses. Uh, fifth, the top five is interesting. Teams' names you definitely hear a lot. I'm kind of surprised. I'll be honest. I'm pretty surprised by the order. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia checking in at fifth. Not really surprised that they're in there. I feel like if they had gone to even the second round, they'd probably be higher than this this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then things get real weird here. You have Duke, who all of the offseason hype has been around, mm-hmm. coming in at four. Gonzaga, the team Michigan State is behind getting like if somebody can get Zapruder film of that, it'd be really wonderful. But yeah, uh, Gonzaga checking in at three, the team Michigan state is in like closed doors off the radar scrimmaging soon uh, at three uh, Kentucky at two Kansas at one. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't know Gonzaga was supposed to be this good. Uh, I am very surprised and will be very, I'll be shocked if Duke ends up staying fourth and not jumping up that, uh, list pretty quickly. Um, Kentucky also getting a lot of benefit of the doubt, although they do bring back a lot of the freshmen that they had last year. Yeah. Uh, PJ Washington, chief among them, and I know their class was uh, really highly regarded with guys like Emmanuel Quickly uh, coming in. So, um, yeah, and it's just crazy because you knew Kansas was going to be good, but for Kansas to get 37 first place votes. Uh, Kentucky got 19. Nobody else got more than four. Um, I'm. I guess I was a little surprised that they're such an overwhelming favorite. I think um, University of Maryland, Baltimore County got robbed. UMBC. I would agree. Um, what have they? What have they done that people in the top five haven't? Virginia couldn't get it done. It's a great question. Put it out there. Three Big Ten teams have ranked in the top 25, mm-hmm. and while um, you know, last year's Big Ten was kind of crummy. This one, while only three in the top 25, is a much deeper league. And the others receiving votes, uh, you have yeah. 27th, Indiana, 29th, 28th, Nebraska, Indiana. Uh, 30th, Maryland, 31st, Wisconsin. Yeah. So, I mean, this 
it's going to be brutal. Every away game is going to be just you, you want to. It's going to split. Suck you know? for <laughs> like, a while. Yeah, it's not going to be great, but uh, it'll be a great, nice little league. Yeah, tough little league this year. I think the top level talent is not going to be right. what it's been the last probably two years. Um, especially last year with, you know, Michigan going all the way to the final and Michigan State, you know, winning 30 games, uh, Purdue being a great team. Okay. You know, I'd be surprised if – well, I won't be surprised if a, a Big Ten team makes a run really far at all. Right. I mean, I think you see that pretty frequently. But uh, I think throughout the season, you know, you might only have – I mean, I don't know, one team in the top 15 at a time, two, maybe maybe three. I mean, it's going to be really interesting because you just you just have no idea when it comes to college basketball. Michigan State, though, checking in at 10. Michigan coming in as the second Big Ten team at 19. And Purdue at 24. Um, again, I'm a little surprised that there's that much difference between first and second place in the Big Ten. Um, I guess we bring back the most talent. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's pretty much where it lies um i thought it was funny we should talk about that article that espn put out today yeah do you want to do it yeah sure so uh myron medcalf um you don't have to like him but he had a good idea for uh an article um (laughs) it was the reason your team's not going to the final four and i thought that was a clever little article and i also will acknowledge that being a national college basketball writer is like impossible yeah, there's just national any like I mean, any sport football writer's is at least like it's a third of the teams. I mean, here you're working with 300, and yeah. you know it's just like <laughs> man. So anyway, he did a nice little article. Um, don't necessarily agree with his reason why Michigan State wouldn't make it, but again, back to it's impossible to know the ins and outs of every team. So he mentioned Nick Ward not being able to uh, uh, command or. or have full command of the offense because uh, the two other offensive weapons and Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson are uh, no longer with him is going to make it harder on him. Uh, no, it won't. Uh, yeah. he, he, <laughs> he now actually gets the ball uh, more times um, and will actually have to play through him. So completely disagree. Yeah, it's going to definitely force MS. Just as we're, we're going to get a lot deeper into this starting next week, obviously with the season right around the corner. We'll do a little preview. But um, – you know, I again, I just completely – I don't disagree that Michigan State, you know, yeah. might not win the national sure. championship. Won't be surprised at all if they don't. Of course. Um, it's crazy difficult to do. But uh, it, I, I can't imagine th- Nick Ward being the reason why they don't. He's consistently, for two years now, been one of the most hyper-efficient players in all of college basketball. Last year he played with basically no spacing and didn't get the minutes he deserved. Um, like you said, this year, I just think based on the the youth and layout of the roster, the offense is going to run through him. I would say for better or worse, but I don't think it's for worse. I think it's for the better, so long as he can pass out of double teams a little bit better. Cool. I mean, it's he's a force, man. In the post, you're not going to find a ton of big men that are going to stop him, and this team should be you know competent enough at the other positions, competent to extremely competent, uh, enough to to win a lot of games. So while Myron, I, the premise of your article and against Michigan state is understandable. I don't really, again, I don't really agree with the, the, uh, argument behind it, but, um, yeah, like John said, we got a a fun scrimmage coming up this weekend and then, uh, uh, the season starts pretty soon. And I think, uh, now we're going to have to talk about the not fun stuff, but, um, 
you know, after oh, we got takes. Yeah, we got takes. So after last weekend, uh, I think we're all looking forward to basketball a little bit more here. Um, yeah, so football that uh, that happened um, again. Michigan came into East Lansing, uh, and it was it was just quite a quite a day in general. The uh, the fracas all kind of started before the game. Um, Michigan State did what they do every week and locked arms and walked across the entire field. Uh, they apparently clotheslined a Michigan player. Uh, Devin Bush in, it proceeded to throw a temper tantrum and stomp on the logo, um, and everybody got mad and up in arms about it. Uh, so that started the day off on a very interesting uh, note. Um, after that, do we want to talk about that first? Yeah. Okay. I do. So, yeah. I, I. What are your thoughts on the matter? Okay. This is the dumbest thing ever. I'm going to start there. Both it, you, people are looking for a problem. You're looking for a problem. If you don't think for one, do you ever remember seeing? You remember Austin Powers? You ever watched yeah. that movie? Yes. Sure. It's a great movie. If you're uh, all little, three of them. If you're a little younger, go back and watch it. It's a scene where the st- the steamroller's coming at the guard. <laughs> and it's coming, and it's coming, and it's coming. That's the joke, because it takes 60 seconds for the steamroller to run him over. This is dumb. Like, both sides were, were wrong. And if you're mad about it, you're looking for a reason to be mad about something. So just like, whatever. And it's so chef's kiss nice that uh, today... Two days after the whole thing happened, and his team won, uh, Jim Harbaugh wanted to talk about it. Do yeah. you read the quote? Run it back for me. Yeah, sure. So Harbaugh came out and said, I'll go one step further and use Coach D'Antonio's, from a, Coach D'Antonio's words from a few years back. It's not a product of the team, but their program. Again, that's using his words. That could have been an unfortunate deal. I'm proud of our guys for keeping their cool. Uh, let's just start with the end there. Uh, first of all, if that's keeping your cool, wow. then I'd hate to see your guys get let but off I, the leash. But I get it because Harbaugh saw that and was like, man, Devin's holding it together because I'm a psychopath. Yeah. So that was calm yeah. for Jim Harbaugh <laughs> to see Devin do that. I, I agree with you. I think uh, on an overarching level of I don't think this was a big deal. I mean, like people <laughs> like people really think that D'Antonio held his players intentionally late and then walk them across the field and like had them close line people. Well, first of all, it doesn't even matter. Even if it's true, dude, like you said, these, you can see a wall of people walking towards you. Move, get off the field. It's not a big, it's deal. not a big deal. And you deliberately stood in the way and now it's not your fault. I will say this to Michigan. I credit to them. They came in and they won the game. They did what they should have done as the better team. And they came in and won the game, but they are, I <laughs> They're not handling winning very well. They don't know how. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's it's unbecoming of a team that uh, prides themselves and acts like winning is is something they're you know so accustomed to. At this point, like just handle it a little better. If you're the mouthpiece of your program, just like don't talk about it because it's not worth your time. So whatever. I'm sure these will. This is just more fuel to the fire for next year. Uh, whatever. Um, so let's talk about the actual game. There was some good, well, some good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, some bad, uh, some weird, 
like every week, uh, like every we're week. gonna give some shout outs. Okay, so I'm gonna kick this off. Um, if you came here to hear Austin or I tell you that we would have won if we had all of our best players, or and the only reason we lost is because you know guys were hurt. Wrong place, man. You you play who you have. That's that's football. That's that's sports. That's life. And you you play with the hand that you're dealt. It didn't work out. And the team that was out there, they played pretty damn hard considering the the hand that was dealt. Mm-hmm. There are people that did not play the hand very well, keeping the poker analogy going. Mm-hmm. And those people we'll uh, talk about in a little bit, uh, most specifically with the offensive game plan. The defense was incredible. The fact that they... Uh, held a team to scoring 21 points um, while being on the field on defense for 41 minutes is awesome. Um, when the third string uh, cornerback, you know, uh, matches up against a, a guy who's going to get a look on Sundays, that's going to happen, and and that's not an excuse. That's just going to happen. No, I, and that was an absolute. The, this, you're talking, of course, about Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones, 80 yard touchdown yep. from Shea Patterson. Again. Dime. Credit to Michigan. Absolute dime from and that's Patterson. How, and that's how you beat Michigan State. We we want you to throw those low percentage passes. Clayton Thorson did it a couple yep. times. Shea Patterson hit one. And that, that's that was the enough. Well, right? that's enough against an yeah. offense that's in Correct. the type of shape. You said something to me the other week because I hate using like the whole uh, injuries as an excuse because it's not an excuse. Everybody's banged up. That's yeah, right. sure. Michigan State banged Incredibly. up. More banged up than a lot of teams, especially at some – very important positions. But listen, end of the day, you got to play the hand you're dealt. If it's a bad hand, so be it. Um, I didn't think Trey Person was in bad. He wasn't in like no, no, terrible no. coverage no, no. on the play. It was just an absolute dime. Absolutely. I get the defense deserves so much credit. Like it's honestly, somebody said it the other day on Twitter. It was like, um, they feel, I feel bad for this defense because they're, they deserve better than this. Michigan. Does the Michigan uh, defense the past couple years deserve better? Yeah, I I don't disagree. I mean, it's you know what I mean. Like this defense is elite. It is and nationally elite. You can't watch that game even as a Michigan fan yeah. and not come away impressed with Hell that yeah. defense. Hell yeah! And you know a specific shout out to our our boy the chef Rayquan Williams. We had a hell of a game. He's a beast. Hell of a game, and, and to the point where and I'm not laughing at him, but he he was disrupting the backfield so much that they didn't just double team him; they double teamed him and then threw the um, Ben Mason, the fullback, yeah. at him as well because they were like enough. Yeah, of this, guy. you are too good. So uh, shout out to him. He he did more than enough. I think he forced a fumble or at least recovered one. He's just everywhere. Yeah, he he smacked the one out I mean, of like, Higgins' hands. He did everything in his power, and you know. Um, that's a defense that uh, was like, shit. I mean, we're gonna have to do it. <laughs> we have to go. We have to win <laughs> yeah, this right? game. And it and it and it didn't happen. But um, not not because they didn't ball out. No, I mean, I think again, and this is still a defense that's down two of its top three corners. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, I, and one playing uh, one of those corners is playing wide receiver. Yeah. So, uh, in in Justin Lane, who um, you know. Yeah, let's talk about the bad stuff. Um, there's a lot of bad stuff. Uh, my boy, FD3. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the fact that Felton Davis tore his Achilles is one of is one of the it's just tragic. one of the sadder things. It's, tragic, it's legitimately tragic. I mean, we've been seeing we literally a week after he makes he owns a game. 
Um, he had his chances in this one before he went down. Uh, I, I mean, if we want to talk about bad, it's we'll get to Lewerke in a second. But um, it's just tragic. I think no matter what, who you root for, you never want to see players you know, go down because of injury. Um, I hate that. I hate it. I hated it when it happened to Jake, Butt. I felt so bad for him because he's an objectively very good player. I mean, if you're on the other side of this rivalry, you have to feel very bad for, for Felton Davis. I, I wish more than anything that he could redshirt and get another season to, to get back because that Achilles tear, as we've seen, I mean, in multiple sports and not only at Michigan state, I mean, Kalen Lucas Mm -hmm. was an example. Um, it's tough. That's a tough injury to come back from. Uh, and it's October of your senior year before you're trying to get in the NFL. I mean, that's that's a rough break. So um, prayers up for Felton. I, I thank you for everything you did for your time here, and you'll always be a Spartan. I, I think it's really sad. Like, I don't want to go too far down this path, but um, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago saying you felt like his career was almost – wasted and I, this wouldn't I wouldn't call this a this isn't certainly wasting anything but it's just unfortunately I feel like it's always going to go down as one of those great what ifs now in in some ways and it's not fair mm-hmm. to him so um hopefully he can feel better and in a hurry but uh not only did he go down this was happening even before he went down but Justin Lane mm-hmm. your starting cornerback was playing a lot of wide receiver yeah. and getting thrown to a lot and, and, and it's because, you know, um, just ran out of bodies, you know? Seriously, ran out of bodies. You even saw Daryl Stewart play in this game, clearly not 100%. Jalen Naylor warmed up, was did not, not 100%. Did not play. He came in for one play. He didn't show up on the participation chart. Really? Yeah. I thought I saw him in there for one play. Maybe you did, but Granted, I was, yeah. Yeah, not in my entirely right mind when I was there. Um, just tough. Uh, I mean, let's get to some of the other stuff. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you with uh, give you a couple of things. Football, funny game. Uh, whether you want to admit it or not, or not, there's a lot of luck that's involved. 100. Uh, percent There were two two weird bounces of the ball. Uh, Michigan passes. Michigan caught both of them. It happens, and we have been on the right end of those bounces in the past. Um, game changes maybe if those are intercepted or at least at the ground. Um, but that's that's. That's the way the Yeah, I mean, the one in particular where the tight end ran out of bounds and then caught it, which was a legit play. If people yep. are angry about that, I don't know what they said about it on TV, but, like, the ball is tipped. He can catch that ball. Yep. Like, that's the, the that's the rule. Um, that one in particular, I felt like that was that was kind of a backbreaker because I think that was right before the touchdown. Well, and then the one in the first quarter, Nico Collins. Oh, yeah. That's another first down. That was on their – Touchdown drive, that was wasn't a, it? That was a third down conversion. So was the other one. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, two brutal tips for third down conversions. I mean, again, I, I feel like in some ways actually I'll say this in a little bit, but knowing those yeah, those bounces, you know, those don't yeah, that happens. Um the other thing that uh I really think the biggest turning point in the entire game though was Shipcore Brown fumbling that punt. Ah, tough. Because um Again, defense was doing its job. Got a turnover inside the field, red zone. Field position, field position was great. Uh, they had a turnover inside the red zone. Uh, they scored on the Philly Philly play, Philly special, which was awesome. That yep. The stadium blew up when that happened. Because 
you know, going into that, nothing had happened offensively. Yeah. That felt like, because that was midway through the third quarter, that kind of felt like in that moment, like, like, okay, we're going to it's raining out. and yeah. we're doing this weird shit and like we might figure it out. And then we go out and stop him, have the ball on the 50, and he fumbles the ball on the 50. I mean, you thought that they could have found their way to 20 yards and a field goal there and put all that pressure back on Michigan. Yep. Instead, Michigan didn't even score on that drive. Yep. But they flipped the field just, and you, it was too much to ask. It was just, yeah, it was just too much to ask. I thought, you know, there was a very real point in time where, I mean, again, DPJ doesn't catch that ball and score that touchdown until there's 11 seconds left in the third quarter. This was, I mean, as little as it felt, this was a game until right before the fourth quarter. Absolutely. I mean, if MSU had kicked that field goal. Uh, at, a, at, I mean, for if it matters to you, uh, the ESPN win probability actually uh, put, put us at 52% after, I believe, after that punt. Yeah. So uh, as as a somehow finding a way to win. Yeah. Well, uh, the defense again. It's a, it was a dominant. It really was in a lot of ways a dominant defensive performance. I thought they really gave up one. They pop, got popped for one big play, and they just didn't have the offense on this day to 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 make a big play. Michigan's Michigan's pass rush was in Lewerke's kitchen all day. But we got to talk about Brian because uh, I. I don't know the truth or lack won't. of truth, and, as, we and we won't, as to whether he's hurt or not. I know there was some speculation before the game you know, as to how would he play, how much would he play. Um, it were conflicting things that I had personally heard between whether it was his leg or his shoulder. Whatever it was, this man was clearly not 100% out there. Yep. I think we got to talk about it at some point of like, it was a combination of things, though, because he was missing everything. Yep. He was missing every throw. It has to be a combination, and he wasn't able to run, which makes me think that it was his leg. Correct. Um, and typically, a lack of accuracy is because of an injury to your plant leg. Your plant leg is your direction leg, your aim leg. And so he didn't have that. Um, and it completely cut into this offense's ability to do anything. When you can't line up and run the ball normally, which they actually did a semi-decent job of a couple times, mm-hmm. you can't do that. You are down. You don't have a single receiver that was initially in the top five of four of your depth chart. That's a hundred percent. And your fifth receiver has a broken hand and or fingers. Mm-hmm. And the guy behind him was a fifth year walk on. And the other guy plays cornerback. Like you're really not left with a ton to go on. I mean, if we're calling a spade a spade, that is where we're at. Um, Yep. And then you don't really incorporate tight ends into your offense a whole lot, and so you're not going to turn around and feature them here. Your running backs behind LJ Scott are not overly explosive uh, individuals. Um, here's where I, here's if you where just you're you're left with if you have all of those things and a quarterback who can't move and is not a- accurate, yep. this is what's going to happen. So here's here's my you know question, and it's easy to question, right? But but. Uh, what what was the plan? No, and I don't. No, that. it's a like great as, question. As a, like I just don't. What was the plan? If if Brian Lewerke is hurt, and you can see that he's hurt, or that he's or not able to perform at the level that he's generally been performing at his entire career, and you knew that, what why what was Plan B? And if it was this was all brand new to you. That's a completely different. That's actually problem. worse. That's much worse. But I have a really hard time 
have a really hard time thinking a kid comes in and goes five for 25 after what we've seen him do in his career. Yeah. And I think even beyond that, like it makes me think that there, yeah, there's some level of something that's not getting communicated here because not only was there no apparent plan B plan a was sideline fades yep. over and over to yep. Justin yep. Lane. And Brandon Sowers. So like, I don't know where we're thinking we're getting the ball to. I know Michigan's really, really good. Obviously a great defensive team. Yep. Really good at shutting down that 10 to 15 yard range. But like, or 10 and in range. Yep. But there, there's got to be something besides a sideline fade over and over and over. I and a, and a run, like, I don't know. I don't know. They tried to go east-west. Didn't work. It was uh, a really, listen... I'm not going to make excuses for Dave Warner because I felt like this was a poor offensive game plan beyond the fact that everybody was injured. Yep. But, I mean, he's been dealt a rough hand this for year. Sure. But you have to find – you just got to find a way. You got to find something. Like, well, it doesn't have to be trick plays. It doesn't have to – also, Sauce, the, uh, should we talk about the Wildcat? No, we shouldn't. Because that made me almost – just walk right out of the stadium. No, we shouldn't talk about it. That was the single worst play call in the history of athletics. That's 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 pretty extreme. Is it? I think it is. Uh, I mean, it's tough. On third, third and twenty. Third and twenty. Hey. Third I, and twenty. I think the thing that's tough for me <clears throat> is that, to your point, you know, here's the roster. Here's what you have. Quarterback can't throw. Don't mind the fact that he didn't have anyone to throw to anyway. So that already kind of solves a problem for you, right? Okay, so everything we have to do is going to have to be essentially pretend you have an emergency quarterback. That's the offense you need to run. Sure. We won a game doing that once at Mm -hmm. Ohio State. So I I just kind of don't want to hear the injury thing because there are ways to – when you have a defense like that, there are ways to win. Yes. Now, I, now, now I am. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm, you know, an offensive juggernaut. But there are ways to move the ball incrementally. It's not going to happen all at once. It can't be an 80 yard drive. But it's definitely not wasting uh, possession by throwing fades to a cornerback. Yeah. And it's definitely not throwing to uh, a walk on, uh, throwing fades to him. And it just needs to be. It's the best defense in the nation. But it doesn't mean they don't have – they're not vulnerable. Right. And you have to pick your spots and chip away. And that's where you use your tight ends. That's where you, you pretend it's an emergency quarterback situation. It's You safely roll them out and you get three yards. I mean, it, that's it. And then you punt. It and, just – it does it just feels like Warner's lost his way. Uh, it, like I don't – I can't – I mean, really, if you go look across this entire year – you can't find there. There's no method to the madness. I know what they want to do, but they can't do it. And there is no any. He has no other. There's no net. There's no fallback. There's no nothing. So, so, so in in my limited time on this earth, I have seen people that are struggling kind of default to three emotions. Um, one of them is uh, being is his anger get really mad and, and stubborn and you just you know what we're doing i don't care i've mm. done this way my whole life i'm going to keep doing it. i don't care the, the repercussions um some people get scared 
um, and just ball up in a hole. I don't know if that's what Dave Warner did. And then others just get desperate. And when people get desperate, you start doing things that don't really even make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That, I think you saw a little number two and number three. Yeah. <laughs> the desperation is, uh... Yeah, try this. And, and that's that's no way to, to be successful. And unfortunately, that's, that's just where we're at. And yeah. so, right now, you know, we can talk about this game, um, but as we... And we will... Uh, wrap this up soon but there are uh, five more games to go and this team isn't getting any healthier and so you have to have a real conversation you say this offense is not this playbook is not what it is as it was on 831 it is a different one now saying things have to change it needs to get smaller it needs to be you need to at the very few (laughs) strengths you still have left on offense you got to find them and then you have to ride the shit out of it. Yeah, you can't just. Well, the def was the definition of insanity is mm-hmm. repeating the same action over and over and over. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this feels like, and it's getting to a fever pitch. Like I, I think you come out of this game and you can't really overreact that much. Just again, given a really tough hand and in a vacuum, I'm not going to get that mad about this game. It sucks losing to Michigan. Sure. Don't get me wrong, and don't get used to it. No one should be used to it. It's not something we do like you know. It's not something you should ever feel comfortable with. Um, but in a vacuum, this is understandable. I mean, like it's it's not a shocking result. Um, I think maybe the extremity of the lack of offense is shocking, but um, but you it's not in a vacuum though. You can't treat it that way. And mm-hmm. as a whole, as an offense, you had. Yes, there have been injuries, but you had an in, you brought back so much talent, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen a single player. Cody White might be the only exception when he was playing. I haven't seen a single other player take a noticeable step forward. No. Felton was he's ever, good. He's fine. Okay, he didn't take a step back. That's fine. He didn't take a step back. Yeah, yeah. Didn't definitely didn't take a step back. I don't. I mean, yeah. Okay, I'll give you Felton, but every literally everyone else. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, including your your quarterback, yeah, yeah. who even when healthy did not look the same, looked will... skittish behind that offensive line. You couldn't. The fact that this group was supposed to be that was supposed to be growth upon last year, and instead we've seen this team taking a major step back. And I just wonder now, you know, what do you do long term yeah. to turn this thing around? Like I, I don't see this team becoming an offensive juggernaut the rest of the way. So you're yeah. going to get to the season with a similar taste in your mouth, and I just wonder what what comes next. I will stand for one man, McMuffin. Mm. He has improved. Yes, he's improved. I'm going to stand for McMuffin. That's okay. And he scored a rushing touchdown? Yep. I'm going to hey, stand. I will also stand for Connor Hayward. Okay. Uh, he, he, he gave me the the only highlight of the weekend, maybe the only highlight of the one of the two highlights of the entire game. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw this on Twitter, but I I uh, I went to the walk. I was in East Lansing for the game. I went to the walk, so stood by the Sparty statue. All the players walked by, you know, reach your hand out for some high fives. And the only one I made a point of high fiving, yeah, was Connor Hayward. So I reached out, dap, you know, just gave him a big high five. Uh, and then. that was pretty sweet. And then. and then I tweeted about it, which, of course. And then uh, after the game, well, I saw during the game, by the way, his mom liked it. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. You're missing Charlotte. a huge element here. 
What? His one-handed catch. I get... Oh. Yeah. You ruined it. He said after the game. I know. I was going to talk about uh, that. Whatever. Okay, yeah. So, before after the game, during the game, um, yeah, first drive, Connor goes out, uh, lays out over the middle and makes a fantastic one-handed catch with his right hand. The very hand I had oh. high-fived mere, mere hours before. You must have transferred your athletic <laughs> uh, ability. Yeah, that was me. I like to think I played a big role in that. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, and then after the game, he I, I had tweeted something that said, like, I high-fived Connor Hayward, and he retweeted it and said, no, no, I high-fived Austin Smith. Connor said that? You didn't see that? I didn't. Dude. Yeah. My yeah, he My, said that. and uh sick. I don't know. Well, I feel a little weird about it. Pin tweet. <laughs> I feel a little weird about it, only because like he's like eighteen. Yeah. And I'm sort of like, hey man, you're funny. you're an adult. It's funny. But it's funny, and uh, yeah, the big boy bandwagon so will funny. always be in in the station. So um, shout out Connor Hayward if for some reason you hear this. Thanks for the high five. Dude, and, that uh, is too funny. Yeah, you've always got a fan here. Um, yeah, so those that that was probably the biggest highlight of the weekend. Um, it was great to be back in East Lansing. It's always fun, and you know, up until the very end, it was great. Three, three closing thoughts. Take these home. Chase Winovich, get some new material, dude. Harbaugh, grow up. Act like you've beaten a good team before in your life. I knew this is new to you. And for all your friends that are Michigan fans that are going to get in your mentions or get in your face, and by the way, don't go on Facebook. That's just a general rule that we're adding to our list of rules. Don't go there. Let them let them know when they get in. They start to chirp at you. Welcome to the rivalry. Yeah, we've been here for a while. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for admitting. I will. Okay, this is what I was going to say earlier that I put off. I feel as though, and this is not because Michigan won, but it's more of because of their like the way they've behaved. I feel like the le- we've kind of level set. I feel like they've finally come out okay. of, and and decided, yeah, we hate you. I think you can never you can never fight that. That argument is dead, mm-hmm. and which was always a BS argument in my opinion. But um, that's dead. Harbaugh likes to throw some barbs. Uh, they're handling winning the way that they're handling it. And now, you know, let's go. You want to treat it like a big game? Finally, let's go. Like, we're ready. Listen, we had, a, we had a rough draw this year. No doubt. You guys came out, you won. That's what you do. But uh, you're going to see a lot of these same faces next year, um, hopefully <laughs> for the better. And uh, I was the last two times we've won at the University of Michigan. And they've won in East Lansing the last two times. So it's almost like it doesn't matter that we're going on the road next year. So, so that's that. That sucked. Let's talk about some other stuff before we have to talk about what might happen next week. Some national results. Uh, Clemson, the real. Yes. They took down our uh, the NC State undefeated NC State Wolfpack forty-one to seven. Mile away. LOL. And then the pirate held it down and pulled. Ah, Sorry, Oregon. Your ducks. My ducks. Fourteen. Uh, Washington State wins thirty-four to twenty, thus ending the Ducks' dream of playoffs and vaulting Washington State into the playoff conversation. One loss. I would love to see that. Let's go. It's not happening, but I'd love it. I love it. Notable Big Ten results from last week: Ugh. Wisconsin beat Illinois forty-nine to twenty. There was snow. A lot of it. It was odd. Um, Iowa, the real. 
Uh, I told you. 23 to nothing. Iowa's year. Goose eggs, Maryland. I'm telling you. And all you. of a sudden, Iowa is in the driver's seat. Um, now, granted, they have to have Wisconsin lose one more game, but you start to look at those schedules and you think to yourself, Iowa's looking, sitting pretty. Um, Northwestern did the damnedest trying to give Rutgers a win. Uh, okay, you need to give me some credit here. I, I credit neither team. The game shouldn't have happened. I told you. <laughs> I literally said yeah. I could see Northwestern losing this game. And the fact that they only won by three, that's basically a loss. Both teams should quit. Agreed. Penn State struggled uh, in Indiana. They were actually up uh, by two scores. Indiana scored one, tacked one on late, uh, didn't get the onside kick. Penn State escaped to the five-point win. Um, Penn State, man, I can understand reeling a little bit, though, and kind of being like, what are we playing for? Yeah. Well, they, <clears throat> we'll see if they can keep their, their they, stuff. They probably there. feel the same way. Probably similarly, I think I'd actually be more disappointed if I was a Penn State fan than Absolutely. I am as an MSU fan. Absolutely. Yeah, because you really blew it. You blew it. Like, we've we've got, you know, a couple things we can point to. Dude. Listen, no excuses, but, like, you have some things you can point to. I, I, don't, I don't know where Penn State's excuses are. Saquon. They needed them. Uh, Minnesota hands Nebraska their first victory of the year. Nebraska's on the board. This feels like your fault. Dude, whatever. Between, we've cursed so many teams. Good. Who we wants, should stop. Who wants next? Oh. <laughs> Purdue, uh, you're so good. Oh, choo-choo. Choo, trains yeah. coming. Bang that huge <laughs> drum. It's an unreasonably large drum. <laughs> no one needs a drum that big. No one <laughs> Purdue takes down Ohio State in a night game, 49-20. to 20. Uh, That is what? a beatdown. That's a significant win an absolute curb stomping how, how? <laughs> i didn't watch this game i'll come right out and admit it here's i was i was football numb after that game i was also actually numb because i was soaking wet and freezing cold after that michigan state game. that'll happen ohio state continued their uh whiny sad teenager phase of not caring <laughs> and then it came back to bite them their angsty phase yeah and purdue just put the hurt on them and i guess david blau's decent i guess he's good <laughs> like when did that happen i don't yeah dude whatever what do we've truly like i know i've heard this joke before but like we're in a i think we've gone past the amount of time that was supposed to happen on earth and so we're getting into like some really weird glitches in the matrix I love where, where purdue is winning 49 to 20 and it. david blau is a legitimately good quarterback yeah. Like I think we've reached like where you sim where you play like nine seasons in NCAA, none of the players are the same and nothing makes sense. <laughs> that's where we that's where we are. I'm telling you right now that if you had been playing NCAA football and simmed and saw this, you would have hit restart on the PlayStation. <laughs> no. That didn't happen because that's dumb and I don't yeah. think that That's a, just unreasonable. What a stupid Purdue? Thing. This game's stupid. That Purdue? Try again. EA Sports. <laughs> nice try. So we get to play the hottest team in the conference next week. Can't uh, wait. We'll get to that it's in a gonna bit. It's going to be awesome. Notable national games. The SEC Classic Game of the Week because there's every week there's some pretty monster game. Number nine, Florida heads to number seven and suddenly very vulnerable, Georgia. Is this still at Georgia or is this in Jacksonville? Well, sorry, it's in Jacksonville. The world's yeah. largest outdoor cocktail party. I would love to be a part of that. Yeah. I'm also hesitant because too much sugar in my drinking because it's just three-day hangovers. Yeah, so I, don't know I, I think it might be worth it I don't for know if this I can one. handle it. 
I'd love to go. Yeah. So, dude, I can be bought. That would be fun. Yeah. Sponsors, we're looking for people to take us to Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, lovely Jacksonville. Yes. (laughs) Notoriously beautiful Jacksonville. (laughs) Brutal. Yikes. Uh, the Pirate, Washington State, which is, this is almost a Washington State podcast now, yes. is traveling to Stanford. Um, and like I said, the only reason I put that on there is, A, it's the only the second, one of two ranked versus ranked games. And two, Washington State, like you win this game, they're very real, like in the playoff conversation. Very real. I would personally enjoy it. It's hilarious to me. I, I love it. Yeah. I, again, Stanford also just dumping all over the bed. Shout out to the reporter that um, at, <laughs> at our boys, uh, Mike Leach's press conference, he said, he's like, hey, uh, question coach, what was the last thing that you Googled? <laughs> just to like see what was on there. <laughs> it was like some, I, I don't even honestly know. It was like some uh, artist from the 1920s. He was sure. looking up, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I was re- I was reading about that." And then he started reading it in the press conference. You, oh my god! He was like, "You're insane, dude." I, there are something I would really like to just go down like a, a YouTube rabbit hole with Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. Have you ever seen the uh, the YouTube video of Orson Welles talking about French champagne? Um, we're pausing. It if you haven't, you need to go look that. it up because it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I feel what? like if I asked Mike Leach that, he would know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, I don't want to go too far here, but uh, it's the Orson Welles, like when he was really old and just like sort of not there, yeah. recording a commercial. Like the the video is of like the outtakes of the commercial, okay. and he clearly didn't know the lines of the, <laughs> that he was supposed to say like i don't even i think he was just like sitting in a hotel lobby and they yeah. walked up to him like hey you're here for the shoot and he's like sure yeah, and so he just that. says one line where he just goes oh the french champagne and it, it's it is it's awesome if you haven't seen it you should go watch it and i don't know why that made me think of that i'm clearly delusional from dude last weekend. i love that okay so there there's different kinds of crazy right there's brilliant crazy yeah. You know, um, there, there's like intense crazy. That's like Nick Saban. Yeah. There's like fun crazy. That's kind of like, uh, leech. Yes. Maybe hopefully you're not like your grandpa. <laughs> and then there's like paint chip crazy. Yes. And that's like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Like, like under power lines as a kid. And crazy. then you're like, kind of like people kind of look around and don't really know. Like, is he joking? Is no, he oh, like, no. unwell? Yeah, and like I don't know. Yeah, Leech so, is fun crazy. I, I Leech like is hilarious fun crazy. I, like we talked about earlier in the positive this year, that one game where he refused to run the ball just like cause, just cause he wanted to, <laughs> just to do that. The balls on this man, yeah, are shocking. Yeah, I just didn't. He's want a wheelbarrow. To. Yeah, I just didn't want to. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. Try it because I like to challenge myself. My God, it's Dude. awesome. So um, those the other game I I am gonna plug this week is Appalachian State ranked at Georgia Southern 6-1. and one. It's a Thursday night game. That's why I'm plugging it. You might have... It's going to be a great game. Um, the Sun Belt is so fun. The Fun Belt. Uh, hop in while you can. Whee! And then Utah State 27th in the polls. <laughs> is that our... Is that easily going to be our oh, best win this year? Stop. Dude, they're dope. No, it's though. not the easily. Penn State will be better. Trash. They're not good. Okay, dude, Utah State's the real. And now I'm, this is going to turn into a Utah State pod. And they, if they go to New Year's Six, 
That'd be sick. That'd be awesome. I'd be very proud. I'm, I'm, I'm an, ag- of, it's an Aggie. It's an Aggie pod. I watched the hell out of that. Yeah, I was gonna watch the game. Any, yeah. any of the games anyway, but whatever. Uh, upcoming games around the Big Ten. A Friday night game. Sure. Only way I would watch this. Indiana at Minnesota. Only way. Well, right. You know what I'm saying. Of course. Fun game. The room's biggest Northwestern fan, Austin. Are you uh, going to Wisconsin at Northwestern? No. I no. For the Big Ten West? I just won't do it. It's on the line. I don't care. Dude, isn't that crazy though? That is crazy that that's like Northwestern like... is. Remember when I was joking they could easily go eight and four and make the uh, Big Ten championship game? That is com- totally on the line. Yeah, that is completely possible. Ugh. If you don't think for a second that Northwestern, after just absolutely crapping the bed against Rutgers last week, won't turn around and like beat Wisconsin? Oh, for sure, I could see it. You haven't been watching the Big Ten long enough. They Wisconsin's only a six point favorite. Like, Vegas gets it. They're like, yeah. yeah, no, we don't trust. No, Northwestern could definitely win that game. I won't be surprised at all. <laughs> they are t- they are too stupid. They will they will accidentally win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska, because of the Akron game canceled uh, at the beginning of the year, they rescheduled with a one Bethune-Cookman. Sure. Who, uh... Sounds, a school. Sounds like someone that, like, applied for a job. <laughs> and that... Yes, I am Bethune Cookman. Sure, I like the first name Bethune. And then the Big Ten. Uh, then you got Illinois at Maryland. Ugh. No, that wow, that's at two thirty. And then a fun one, Iowa at Penn State. They have like this weird almost rivalry thing going on, mm-hmm. even though they're like so far apart. But they like don't like each other because there have been some pretty crazy games the last decade. Yes, it's. Uh, it, I have no reason to believe this would be any different. I also, I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody likes Penn State. And I don't think Penn State likes anyone. Yeah. You know? Iowa's kind of annoying, right? Yeah, so Iowa's fine. Like, I don't like play- – I get more annoyed by Iowa basketball than I do Iowa football because sure. they beat you and you're like, what the hell? How well, did an Iowa ba- – like, Iowa football, yeah. they're going to have big offensive linemen and they're going to run the ball. Iowa basketball does not register for me. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I do love Fran, though. Well, Beaker. You better start loving hard because – uh, wild prediction alert. You won't last much longer. Yeah. This year, maybe. Oh, the right. Fran plan. <laughs> it's not working. A <laughs> uh, couple buys, Ohio State and Michigan. Um, and that leads us to uh, Purdue at Michigan State, a noon kickoff on ESPN. This Saturday, the line opened with Michigan State as a two-point favorite, even though Don't like it. Michigan State didn't register 100 yards of offense last week, and oh God, and, per- so sad. and Purdue managed to drop 49. So I don't really against know, the number two team the number in the country. country. So I'm, I'm never going to question uh, MGM or Bovada or any of the people that make a lot of money off of us uh, stooges consistently. But oh boy, oh boy, this seems scary. This uh, yeah, you want to talk about bad timing? This. Disqualifies. Um, <laughs> well put. This is uh, bad. This has this has okay. Coming off of Michigan, sitting here at four and three. Sure. You have to take. Uh, I I guess it's still technically long term. Uh, Five games. Yeah. So you know. Hopefully you, six. You, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta look at the rest of the schedule, and you gotta say, all right. Realistically. Yeah. Where are we going to shake out here? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got five games left, like you said. Um, two of which are on the road at Maryland and at Nebraska. Theoretically winnable games. 
and you have Rutgers at home at the end. That if that's not a win, um, scrap program. Uh, break that back tooth off, pop the cyanide capsule, and just call it a day. Uh, <laughs> Descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and you know, let's just say, and then one of those is Ohio State. You're not going to win that game. So realistically, you've got five games left, uh, four games left. You're sitting here more or less at four and four. If you want to make a bowl game, you you don't have to win this game, but you should think about you it. Sh- you could. You should you think could. about you it. You really might want it. It's a, it would be beneficial, really beneficial. Um, yeah, I, and and it comes at a really bad time. I mean, Purdue has got to be riding as high as they have ridden in legitimately years, potentially over a decade. Dude, I know maybe that for... long, maybe longer. I mean, look, like, really, when dude was the last time Purdue had a win like that? Has Purdue ever had a win like that? Dude, remember when I did the like Big Ten football standings year over year? Yeah, Purdue easily uh, for the twenty so five year average the worst. Yeah, worst in the conference. Ten year average the worst in the conference. The worst in the conference of the ten years. Twelfth. In the 15-year average, 11th in the last 20 years in winning percentage in the conference. They're they are this is that includes the Joe Tiller years. Yeah, like that was the good stuff, and they finished <laughs> their 11th. So like, yeah, they're on the come up. Listen, they they started the year 0 and 3, which included losses, a loss to Eastern Michigan. Sure. What happened? But since then, David Blau has become an absolute phenomenon. Wait, so Blau didn't play against Eastern? Yeah, well, they played in the rain. I mean, Elijah Sindelar won the job out of... <laughs> this is hysterical. I'm just looking at the stats. First two weeks, losses to Northwestern and Eastern Michigan. Sindelar goes for 196 and then 87. The next game... David Blau throws for 572 yards. This shit is comical. The least amount Blau has thrown for is 296 yards. What the hell is going on like at in what West point, Lafayette? At what point, though, do you have to like look in the mirror, Jeff, from? Yes, you hate like, my bad dog. Dude, not my bad. Like... You are you doing this on purpose? Yeah. What were you, he was doing? He was slow know, playing man. his career though. He was yeah. like, I, I don't want to get he, too good. To he might be right. Yeah, and he's peaking really nicely right now. Um, this is, I mean, it can't come at a better time for them. I mean, you come in after honestly, like I didn't. Again, I didn't get to really watch this game. I did watch the highlights, um, but it seemed like they pretty controlled this game against Ohio State pretty much throughout. We're up twenty-one to six heading into the fourth, and then dropped a friggin' twenty-eight spot late. When when normal teams shell up, they just yeah fall out. they did not clinch. David Blau goes twenty-five of forty-three for three seventy-eight and three. DJ Knox, the running back, goes for one hundred twenty-eight and three. Rondale Moore, who is this freakish true freshman, if you haven't watched him, had offers from Alabama. Where else? He turned down an offer literally on the day where you oh, line yeah, up yeah, the yeah. hats. Yeah, he yeah. chose Purdue over Alabama. But I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was like being courted when Brom was at Western Kentucky, right? Yeah. He like knows his, he's like, uh, I think he played for a guy who played with Brom or something. So that's like why that. Brom was like, on it, like somehow it had a relationship. It wasn't just like a weird. Right. But st- he, it, it's not like Jeff Brom went to a good 
historically good program. He went to Purdue, and this kid still chose to come play for him. And he had 12 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Stuff like I mean, this kid's t- he's a freak. He honestly reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Or not Kareem Hunt, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. That, uh, the cheetah? Yeah, the cheetah. Because this kid's, oh, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not world record fast, but he's pretty damn fast. Um, and he's just like that little, like, squatty body, just like gets 110 miles an hour right off the bat. Can, can I can I jump in here? Yes. Just for fun, while we're talking Purdue. Please do. So they are, They we're going to get into what they're good at and bad at. <laughs> you mentioned Blau didn't play the first two games. And one would argue, like, I gotta think when he played, they played Northwestern and uh, the second game against Eastern. Like, let's say Blau has average games. Say Blau starts, right? Mm-hmm. His average game. Purdue is still with with that whatever kid's name. What's it though? Sindelar. Sindelar. Purdue is is sixth in the nation in passing offense, despite Sindelar yeah. starting two games. They're only sitting behind Washington State, of course. Sure. Ohio State, mm-hmm. Haskins is an unreal. Texas Tech, of course. Ole Miss, sure. The kid that beat out Shea Patterson, and then Bama, sure. So if you put like let's just say Blau has two like average games, they are definitely top three. I mean, he's completing sixty six and a half percent of his passes. He's thrown for over two thousand yards in more or less in five games. Thirteen touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean. This kid has been starting more or less since he was a true freshman, like on on again, off again. Uh, he did throw, you know, for thirty three hundred yards as a sophomore, twenty five touchdowns. I think the biggest difference here is that coming into this year, he had thirty three interceptions in three years, including twenty one as a sophomore. He has two this year. Figured it out. Yeah, I mean, the kid is playing quite well and just diced up a team that is going to put a lot, a lot. Of pros into the NFL. So you're probably wondering, how is this team four and four or whatever they are? Is four that and three. Four and three. How are they, you know, I'm hearing them be juggernauts on offense. Well, mm-hmm. they are 64th in the nation in, per, in rushing offense. That's fourth out of the eight opponents for Michigan State has played. Their rushing defense, decent, 41st in the nation, gives out about 137 yards per game. That's second best of all MSU opponents behind Michigan. Their passing defense is 126th in the nation. Bad. I mean, they gave up read bad. Almost 300 yards a game in the air. The problem for us is that I don't know. Can Brian Lewerke throw a ball? To whom? Right. Whomst? Whomst among us? It's a. This is a shockingly bad matchup for Michigan State. Like, if, given given what this team looks like currently, this version of an MSU team, this is a really, really, really bad matchup. Now, do I think they're going to give up 49 points? Probably not. Um, I I just don't think that. Um, I feel like they should be able to shut down their running game. Now, will they go out, you know, will Purdue go out and throw the ball over the yard? Probably. Um, but really, it's, it's the Rondale Moore show. He has twice as many catches, almost three times as many catches as anybody else in the offense. Uh, you know, he's a freak. He's got seven touchdowns, and clo- next closest person is three. Um, I could see – it's going to be up to Michigan State. Like, they're going to have to try and just keep the ball and milk the clock. I mean, and I don't know how that's going to work. I really have no idea if or how that's going to work. You have to go back to an old-school, like, Brian Hoyer offense mm-hmm. where it's – 
run the ball, run the ball, pass, run the ball, run the ball, pass, and like just hope that it works. Like you have to be content just taking whatever points you can get, keeping the ball as long as you can, and, and hoping for the best because like this is probably the most explosive offense they've played all year against maybe maybe Penn maybe Penn State. Yeah. But I don't think this team is as stubborn as Penn State. Right. I mean, I think Jeff Brown wants to just go out and throw the friggin' ball. And, and like, that's that's the right. opposite of Penn State. And you're going to get a guy in Brom who, like, he's if you think um, D'Antonio likes to open up the, the trickery, this guy will is willing and wanting to do multiple trick plays a game. Um, listen, I think... This might sound odd. Do you remember the Outback Bowl year um, yeah. playing Georgia? Sure do, Matt Stafford. Uh, no, I was thinking one against Aaron Murray. Oh, okay. Um, and that was Capital One Bowl. Sorry, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. The the offense didn't score in the first half. It's true. Dark West and Art did. So this might be a situation, and I remember specifically saying like our defense needs to play offense. Like there's no like they can they play offense because it was actually fun that defense was so fun yeah like watching them like it, despite the offensive shortcomings this the only way I can describe you fellow fan to that may enjoy watching this game is to like seriously enjoy the defense yeah just I'm not, yeah I agree I mean it's that front seven especially more than anything else like I don't know man I. Uh, this is a shitty matchup. I mean, it's just a bad matchup and really, really, really bad timing. Uh, do I think Michigan State can win this game? Yes, I definitely think they can win this home game. game. I mean, helps. it's a home game. Uh, again, Purdue riding really high, as yeah. high as they have in like 20 years. Uh, I think you know it's a real test for Jeff Brown because mm-hmm. are you going to be able to keep your? Are you guys going to keep their head? Or are they going to come in here and like how do they handle success? Mm-hmm. Michigan State's handled failure. And they are probably so pissed off right now that, you know, can they come out, play angry, and dominate the the line of scrimmage and get to Blau and make him make some mistakes? Maybe. Sure. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. Offensively, again, see, here's the thing now from this team from here on out. I have no idea what to expect on yeah. offense. I don't know what you can expect because you don't know who's going to – you don't know who's going to be out there. For all we know, Rocky Lombardi is going to get his first start next week. Yeah. Would, I, it would not surprise, sure. nor frankly would it upset me. If Brian Lewerke's hurt, don't run him out there. If he's going to complete five of 25 passes, like I would rather Lombardi go out there and get some get some play. So here's a consideration. You know, uh, we had said, you know, what's plan B if Lewerke's hurt? Well, the real is, a thought is, and maybe I'm being too generous in uh, Dave Warner's ability to make decisions but maybe that was the better option and i'm not i'm not what i'm not doing is dumping on rocky lombardi because i can't candidly i don't know nobody does good. but if anyone does it's the people within that wall those walls and if that was a decision where like we're actually still better off having brian out there that's another problem right yeah i so i think know. had it been against a different opponent i don't think brian would have played if he did truly if that is if he was as injured as he seemed and he performed, he wouldn't have played. If this was Purdue last week, I don't think he goes out there and plays. I mean, really, if you're calling it spade to spade. I, I won't. Sure. I will. Part of me will actually be surprised if he plays in this game. And so, that is not great. So, so that, you know, we were getting tweets, you know, questions about, like, you know, what do we expect this week? 
honestly, I'm not in a position to be able to tell you what this team should or shouldn't do as far as redshirting goes. I mean, like, does it make sense for Cody White to sit out the rest of the year? Potentially. There are some things now. I think it's we should set the set the 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 background, the stage for this. Sure, go ahead. Again, you're four and three. This year is already not what you wanted it to be. The chances, I mean, in, in realistically looking forward, you really think you're going to win your next five games and go nine and three. You really think that's going to happen? You're going to beat Ohio? I mean, realistically, no. I don't. I mean, no. Could they go four and one and go eight and four? I think it's possible. But is that worth not redshirting some of these guys? I think you start asking those questions after this week. Sure. I think I this agree. this is the one where if you go out and you win, you get to five and three. You know, you have a game against Maryland where you can get to six and three, and you know maybe talk yourself into you know staying within twenty one points of Ohio State. And like if you can get to eight wins, you know that might be worth coming, getting some of these guys back on the field. Um, but if you lose this week, which is possible, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't. I would redshirt Cody White. I think I would already redshirt Josiah Scott. I don't think I would bring yeah. him back. I mean, there's no point. Don't don't get hurt. Uh, again, you're not playing for anything sure. that's going to be significant here. Um, I just wouldn't do it. Uh, so I think between those two, I I, I would probably lean to redshirt both of them. I think Hartbarger's already taking the medical. He's out. Redshirt. Um, those are two weapons. Again, two guys that, to me at this point, it's more important to me mm-hmm. that they're healthy for bowl practice. Yeah. And I assuming wish- you make a bowl. Well, Sure. That's this is why this it's week a, is it's so a big. Point. I mean, it, it's I hate it, so but it's it's very it's a if this offense does not get healthy and if Brian Lewerke is not correct, it is not a given that they win two more games. Sure. You know, and the other piece is, you know, I guess I'll have to dig a little deeper on if Jalen Naylor participated or not. Uh, another one. So there's another question, right? And I, and I think the reason you do play him is simply because th- there are no other options. I yeah, mean, I mean, you still need to get somebody out there to play. Correct. So that's why I don't know if that one's on the table as much. Um, I granted, and again, but I don't know how hurt he is. You know, these are things we just don't His know. is a hamstring. I, I guarantee it. Well, well, I shouldn't say I guarantee it. I would be very surprised if his is not a hamstring. As a sprinter, mm-hmm. if those guys feel the smallest twinge, twinge they're not playing. So, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, listen – the the other side of this is also if you're CJ Hayes, if you're Emmanuel Flowers, if you're one of these young guys, mm-hmm. especially if you're CJ Hayes, where you decommitted from Purdue and to come to Michigan State, this would be a really good time to go out and start making some plays. Like this is your the door is open. I mean the door is open. Felton Davis not coming back. Cody White not, not playing. Back. Not coming back. I'd be surprised if Cody White comes back this year. I don't think he will. Um, uh. You know, Daryl Stewart, clearly not 100%. Jalen Naylor, up in the air. Brandon Sowards, apparently can't catch a football. Larris Nelson, Didn't out. Play. I mean, you're talking about, you are Chambers. so banged up. Like, Broken. there's no way that Justin Lane is going to be able to pull double duty and and this team can expect him to play that well. There's no way he can play double duty this week against Purdue. I know. So, you know, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. I mean, this is your opportunity. If you're a young wideout on this team, of which there are a few, Go make plays. I hope wherever you are, Hunter Risen and Tristan Jackson, that you are having just awesome seasons. <laughs> uh, quick call out and then a shout out. My call out is the how embarrassed I was that the student section 
upper deck was not didn't have anyone in it um, when the game started. And while I did hear that the gates were closed because they knew that there was going to be a lightning storm. That was true. Um, that's fine. If like I, I think the thing that doesn't make sense to me, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just different than everyone else, is like you, you paid for those tickets. So like, why would you not go? And it's like the biggest one of the year, though. It's not like it was mm-hmm. about. It's not like we were playing, you know, whomever Central Michigan. It's like this. This is the one. This is why you got the tickets. Right. So like, why are you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. We have we as students, former students, reserved the right to be critical. Uh, it, yeah, it was. I was there. I was sitting right across from it, looking up. Here's the thing, and I mean this, both to get people excited and also as like a very real statement. Michigan State should sell those tickets. Those shouldn't be student section tickets. Those seats weren't even full when I was a student. They're never full. Right, exactly. Sell them. And this was the game. Right. It should be. If it's not going to be full for this one, it's never going to be full. So that's my call. And and I think there there are plenty of opportunities uh, to help get people the discount tickets or whatever you need. You can say people would buy those in a heartbeat. There were no other seat in that entire stadium was open. So there's that my in my shout out. No, that was my call out. My shout out is to you, the listener, because you're a real one. And we talked about this and we we're like, you know, it's really easy to 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 ride the highs with Michigan State. It's really easy because there've been a lot. There's and a lot of pretty them. sweet, but it's 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 the real ones that stick you through the 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 rough patches. This is a rough patch. This sucks. This isn't great. This is this is as close to worst case scenario as you can get. You lost at home to your bitter rival. Now you got to, you got to eat crow or at least sit in it, sit in your own piss for the next year. And then you don't play them again until next year. And they get a bye week before they play him. Fun. Great. So, and you got to sit here and you got to take it. But you know what? That's, you know, that, that, that can be okay. Because you know what? Like people pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Play the, we're gonna play the the uh, hand we were dealt, and if we if we win, um, that should be celebrated. Like these get these kids, like we talked about this past game, man, they they played they played well, they balled out despite a lot of things going against them, right? Um, I think I think it's really important to remember that like it's not always gonna be great, and it's how you handle that is is kind of what defines you. Still listening to our podcast is kind of pretty cool. Different. I don't know why you're wasting time with ours. Yeah, but that you that you still are devoted. I think that's awesome. Um, that's what you need. And I think it's also while we're on the topic, I think it's it's pretty indicative of when you have a guy like Harbaugh who who can't help but talk about things that happened, um, playing the victim in a yeah. situation like that. Tells you everything you need to know about them. Tells you everything you need to know about the fans that want to wants to to uh, echo that narrative, wanting to be that. Tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, You're different. I, yeah, and I think that also just comes from a place of like we appreciate you guys. Um, you know, we're gonna do this through thick and thin. Luckily, there's a lot more good than bad. I mean, I know we've done this through some what. When did you and I start doing this? A couple years ago. Oh yeah, a year and a half ago maybe. Yeah, so we've you know we've gone through at least one not great 
basketball season and you know now one not great football season um but that's a lot of fun in the other ones so i mean this I is like this, a yeah. no 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 <laughs> this is this we're halfway through the season man we got a lot of lot of football left a really great basketball season coming up but um yeah like john said it it it, it, it goes up and down today it feels down but uh it, the the way i always look at it oh is that the downs make you appreciate the ups. The lows make you appreciate the highs. I appreciate Michigan State football because I remember watching Bobby Bobby Williams' teams, remember watching John L. Smith's teams. You're going to appreciate all that other stuff uh, because of, you know, the way you feel after weeks like this. So thank you for sticking with us. We we do appreciate it. And um, so why the highs feel so good. Yeah, stick around. All right, so that's why Michigan State's going to go do something – totally redeem themselves it's gonna be so stupid and they're gonna find a way to like beat the crap out of purdue just yeah. because they shouldn't and um and then we're gonna laugh about it on next week's podcast so uh shout out um to our girl sarah g she's yes. been begging or she's yes. been asking for the men's soccer update my bad the team the squad is is they're for real 10 <laughs> 2 and 3 on the year they're 13th in the nation Currently sitting second place in the Big Ten. And guess what? There are two games to go. One home game. Tomorrow night in East Lansing against Michigan. The battle for the Big Bear. Love that. Let me tell you. Do you want to learn a little bit about the Big Bear? Uh, yeah, sure. Why don't I tell you a little bit about the team in general? Uh, this team, um, they have played for the Big Bear uh, for a while now. We are... we have won, I believe, three out of the last five against Michigan. Um, but if you want to learn a little bit more about the team, you should know that the Spartans hold a 32-8-6 and all-time series lead over the Wolverines. Mm. We have outscored the Wolverines 104-50 to in all the meetings. And we hold a 16-win, two-loss, three-tie advantage when playing in East Lansing. Uh, Sup. Yeah, we strong. Too strong. Um, Soccer. Two two games left, and this one's actually on Big Ten Network. Oh, tomorrow night, yeah, man. So like, why not? Yeah, it's at eight p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I guarantee you're not doing anything else. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage. I'm you, not. <laughs> I'm gonna encourage you to watch or go if you're a Lansing resident. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm pretty sure. I I don't uh, I don't want to say they're free. Yeah, they are. I'm pretty. They're free. Even if they're not. They are. Bring orange slices. I bet they'll let you sit near the field. Dude, actually, the Red Cedar Rowdies are actually pretty fun. It's a student, the student uh, section. Hell yeah. They, like, chant the whole game. It's like a fun Let's go, Rowdies. Get, get out there. I heard that. So we'll shout them out on the pod. Shout out, Rowdies. We'll give them the at. Yeah. And that. The at and, for the follow. And they're going to have to listen to the whole pod just to get to this Yeah, part. that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, sticking with us through this one. Um, like I said, next week. Uh, we'll do more of a in-depth, Oops. yep, basketball conference preview. Kind of take you around the conference and talk about what to, what to expect, um, and then review uh, whatever happens this weekend. Let's get weird. Yeah, let's get real weird. Um, all right, for John, this has been Austin. Thank you guys again, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.